Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything. Come It's day 35. Come get some with Miley Six Man. How are you guys doing? Uh, Part three of Death House writer, creator, director, Harrison Smith. And uh, I've got 10 questions. We'll talk about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. We'll talk about remakes in general and Robert England a little bit more. Um, I just want to say real quick that uh, last uh, my last interview before Harrison Smith was James Lott Jr. And there's a two-parter one there, and it was one of my better interviews. But I listened back to it because um, I wanted to see what it sounded like, and it was terrible, the sound quality, the audio. The interview was great. Uh, the audio quality was just, you know, it was a muffled James Lott Jr. <laughs> and I'd chime in. So if that was hurting your ears and really bothered you and had an effect on adverse effect on your ability to enjoy the show, don't you worry. Uh, I went back. I fixed the audio last evening. If you go and uh, look at it now, if you want to hear it and you tried before and couldn't finish uh, James Lad interview, uh, James Lad Jr.'s interview, part one and part two are back up, posted again uh, with improved audio. And I think you'll really enjoy that if you haven't heard it yet. Of course, listen to all the shows on uh, iTunes, and you can listen to it on blogtalkradio.com. You can find them linked to my Facebook and Twitter accounts, uh, Miami Six Man or at CGS here. Uh, you can also find all my podcasts on my website, Come Get Some which also has my contact information there if you can't memorize what I Okay, live live audio issues, live connectivity issues, and uh, come get some today. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I was saying that James Lott Jr.'s audio has improved. You can listen to part one and part two now on comegetsome.com, iTunes, and off of my Twitter account or blogtalkradio.com. Uh, I don't know if you guys are getting real excited about the uh, this new season of Walking Dead coming up. It's going to be pretty good, I think. Uh, if you all saw the finale last season, uh, it's not a spoiler. It's me guessing, but I think I figured out who Negan killed. And uh, I'm not the only genius to come up with this, but hear me out. I kind of have a theory behind it all to make it make sense in the end. Um, if you've seen the latest promos for the upcoming season of Walking Dead, you'll see – uh, Negan standing before kneeled uh, kneeled down uh, Rick, who's got uh, you know, he's got his hands behind it behind his back, and Lucille's in his face, and it's covered. I mean, covered in what used to be whichever character uh, got it, and uh, what's left of that character is all over that bat. And Negan's giving a speech to Rick, but Rick's got a blood smear on the right side of his face, like he got spattered by whoever was getting pounded with the bat. 
so I rushed back and I watched the last episode of season six again, and I saw kneeling next to Rick to his right, which would be our left watching the screen, is a very sick and ill pregnant Maggie. And uh, next to her is the big guy, uh, but but he's too far away. It, it has to be Maggie. Now, I know you can consider and think, and other people suggest that, well, maybe whoever uh, Negan took out, he pulled to the middle. Maybe it doesn't matter placement-wise. But if you see the camera pan back from dragging Rick away, there's a pile of muck right where Rick was knelt down. So it was right next to the to Rick, whoever it was, which is Maggie. Uh, but but what if it, you know? What if that doesn't make enough sense? There's too many variables and possibilities. Well, Negan's the kind of guy that after he captures you, after he um, after he takes everything away from you, strips you down of, of any will you have, he makes you his bitch. You're going to be his worker bee. You're going to be uh, put the work an important uh, part of that society, or you're not going to be at all. And while Maggie being in the condition she was in, she was in no condition to be of help, and you know, she's probably going to get it, unfortunately. And I hate to say that, and I can say this about any cast member or any character knelt down next to Rick. Uh, I, I hope I'm wrong about it, but I think it's Maggie, and it, it makes a lot of sense. And then I don't know why, but the blanket over um, John Blake here on his name, Daryl, the blanket over Daryl is on the ground next to the pile of blood, too. I don't think those two are connected. I think it's a red herring in the preview because they know people are going to analyze the hell out of this picture. Uh, at any rate, uh, I mentioned something in the description of this show. Uh, I think I want to talk to you guys about I, – I make a comment about how should I run for president in 2020, and I made a lot of jokes about that. And, you know, I made a joke – You know, I went on a DeadX radio over a year ago and said uh, I'm running for president to go against Kanye West, and then uh, – because uh, I thought that was so ridiculous that he claimed he was running, and now we see what's happening now with Donald Trump, and, and you know Hillary's not really a lot better. Uh, so it's a big mess we have in our hands. And on my Twitter account, uh, Miami Six Man at Miami Six Man, I have a poll up uh, asking, should I study up over the next four years and save this country and become president? And uh, doesn't seem like something you could take seriously, uh, but take it however you want. Uh, the the options are like, sure, 2020 won't be any better anyway. Uh, won't take you seriously, meaning uh, no one's going to take you seriously. You're going to waste your time, waste your efforts, campaign for nothing. Uh, no honesty in government conflict is another option. And then one is like, you know, you're gung ho. You're like, yeah, Chris, go for it. Where do I, where do I donate? Is the other option. So go vote on that if you can. If you have a Twitter account. Um, Am I serious? Well, I mean, do you think I'm serious? <laughs> uh, it's hard to believe. It's hard to imagine. But here, here's the the thing: is I uh, I uh, don't like what I'm seeing, and I'm worried. I'm I'm very worried. And I know it's more than just like goodwill and being a good guy and making moral decisions. You know, you can't vote on that. You just can't. You can't run on that. I know there's other more important things. That's why I'd have to study up and know everything. If I went into a debate today, uh, I would get destroyed. Um, I'd be oh maybe maybe I'd have a chance against against Donald. Uh, but but the point is that. Uh, if I really got a feeling, you know, if you all really responded in, in, in droves, and I've had a feeling that 2020 I'd have a ton of support, 
I'd probably make a serious look at it. And I, and I have to say that because I'm worried and uh, the the future of my country and for my ch- my child, our children and our children's children is important to me. And it should be uh, important to you as well. Uh, so there's that. Uh, check that out. And uh, also, I'm going to go ahead right now. Uh, with that in mind, I'm going to give you part three of Harrison Smith. With ten questions. You were joking. I think you were joking. You were talking about speaking of Robert England remaking because you have a, a problem with the remakes and and for good reason. It's not that I have a problem with the remakes. I mean, look, you know, I get it, but why did Nightmare on Elm Street need to be updated? I mean, the, nobody was asking for it. Right. You know, it's like it, why why do we need it? What, it wasn't better. Cell phones in there. Do we have to do we have to digitally insert cell phones? Into <laughs> And, and Heather Leggenkamp Pan and Johnny Depp, do we have to do that? Special I mean, edition. And then, you know, people go, well, it's dated. Is the Mona Lisa dated? I mean, do we, do we have to go back and re-update the Mona Lisa, change her physical appearance and her hairstyle because, you know, she's dated? Let's go in and, and screw with the Sistine Chapel as well, too, while we're at it. Yeah. Okay. And so, yeah. there are some remakes that are absolutely fantastic. Look, Tom Savini's Night of the Living Dead is a fantastic remake. It really is. It's a top-notch remake with Tony Todd, and Tony Todd gives a stellar damn performance in it. The, the 1978 remake of, of Invasion of the Body Snatchers is my personal all-time scariest horror movie that I've ever seen because we're living it now. Yeah. It's happening around us now. So there are, there are great remakes. There's, it's not that. It's just all of a sudden when Hollywood jumps on the bandwagon, it's like, all right, we're going to go right there. We're going to remake that one. We're going to remake that one. From <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street to Friday the 13th to Ghostbusters, we're going to do it all. Now, you, uh, you talked about remaking Nightmare on Elm Street. Were you, was, that, was, the whole, was the whole thing just were you having fun? Or would you, if New Line Cinema came to you today and said, Harrison, we saw your, uh, your, your inquiries. We saw the people wanted it. Why don't you go ahead and head up the next night, right on Street remake? Would you do well, it? I'm not an idiot. I'm not going to turn down the paycheck. Right. But I'm going to sit down and tell them I would like to, you know, sit down and, and know what direction you want to take this in, and you know, let's let's examine why the last one didn't take off and reignite the franchise, and let's make something good. Let's I've heard you. That even though Wes Craven might say, you know, uh, good job, another remake, but you know what, <laughs> you did a pretty decent job with it. Yeah. That would be cool. You, uh, I would like to. I would like to do something like that. You know, sure. Why not? I mean, I'm not a hypocrite. Right. I, I, look, I need to keep the lights on too. If New Line wanted to throw money at me to do it, I, I would be. They're not going to. <laughs> I would love if they did. But I, I also would sit down and really work to make bring on a great scriptwriter that that really gets it, that understands what the. I mean, there's so much that made the first one a success, including home video. And the times, the political times were different. The cultural times were different. You, you gotta, you gotta take a pulse on society and why horror works and why it doesn't. That's why horror is cyclical. There's a reason why zombies came back the way they did. There's a reason why vampires took the turn the way they did. It's not just because the studios made them. They're a reflection of the times that they're made in. Yeah, and you know the um, you said before that um, that you don't like the idea of creating your movie taking it to Hollywood, and then they want to change everything. Like, you will only do it, I've heard you say, at least, I think I heard you say, you would only do it if you're able to keep it exactly the way you envisioned it being. Well, I mean, that sounds like, you know, a pretentious filmmaker kind of thing, but 
you know, it was like one, one company wanted to change the ending to Camp Dread. Right. And if you've seen Camp Dread, you know how it ends with those, those interviews. And I said, I, they wanted those interviews cut out. At oh. The closing interview. And I said, no way. And the reason why is not that I'm being difficult, but the fact is that you, you're dehumanizing these characters. Like, those ending interviews are kind of like their coda. Yeah. And, and it's important, you know, what they're saying. I mean, it turns the film from a straight-up slasher into a kind of tragic horror movie. Right, you start to connect with the characters more. Yeah, you connect with them, and you're like, wow, it's really kind of sad that, you know, that one died. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it makes them human. Yep, and I love it. they wanted that cut because they were afraid that people with compromised attention spans wouldn't be able to handle it. And I'm like, if that's the reason why you're doing this, I don't agree with the edit. No, then I'll go to another company, and I did. I think it would be amazing. I, I think it would be awesome. You won't do it because you have too much creativity of your own, too much of your own to give and offer uh, uh, originality. But I can see you being, like, the guy known as the best remake maker. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think you, I think you are the one to remake movies. I certainly wouldn't go into it to make a bad remake. No. Certainly not something like, like, if somebody came to me and said, would you remake Jaws, I wouldn't do it. I'd, I'd walk away from it. There's no need you can't. to remake Jaws. Yeah. And quite frankly, there was no need to remake Nightmare on Elm Street because there was nothing wrong with the original. I love the original. Like sometimes the remake is needed because, like, for example, everybody calls John Carpenter's The Thing a great remake. It's really not. It's really an original adaptation of the, of the source written material, the, the Who Goes There novella. That's what it really is. It wasn't really a remake of the thing from another world from the 1950s. It wasn't. It, this, I mean, that one that Howard Hawks produced, that, that had nothing to do with the original source material at all. I mean, it was more like an alien Frankenstein wandering around a, a military base, you know, in the Antarctic, where, you know, Joe, uh, uh, John Campbell's uh, story was, you know, about the shape-shifting alien. It was an exercise in paranoia. That's what John Carpenter's happened. Again, the psychological side, the, 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 the part that, oh, how would I feel if I was in this situation? Absolutely. Right, right. That, that dread. Pardon the pun. Um, you still there? I'm here. Okay, it's okay. Quiet. Okay, I got you. <laughs> that, uh, so, do you have advice for new horror filmmakers? Anybody trying to get into horror? Because I know a lot of people go to the, um, to the film festivals, and a lot of times you know, they have good material, but it never really takes off. Uh, any yeah, any thoughts? Really answer, I have, here's the simplest advice. Just go out and make movies. Don't talk about them. Don't go on the internet and talk about them and have a YouTube channel just talking about them. You want to be a filmmaker, pick up a camera and go make it. The technology is so much more than what I have. You know, now you can make, I mean, you can make great stuff on your iPhone. Yep. You know? And, you know, you, I mean, think about it. The HD quality on an iPhone is far superior probably than to some of the Panavision stuff that was shot years ago, decades ago. It's unbelievable. You know? Unbelievable. So my answer to that is, you know, just my advice is real simple. Whether you're making a horror or a comedy or dry, it doesn't matter. Just do it. There are too many people that talk. Go out and do it. That's it. That's the best advice I can give someone. Yeah, I just want to say, Harrison, you know, before we go, I, I usually do with uh, every uh, with every guest I have, I do something called 10 questions, think fast. It doesn't have to go super fast, but um, I ask these okay. questions, and you can say, you can answer them, you can pass if you don't like them, it's up to you, and, and it's just something fun to do with every guest. Before, before we go, I just want to say, uh, before we get there, that I really appreciate you coming on the show, because uh, when I ask you about advice for filmmakers, and I tell you I don't want to cut out your rants and the things you have to say, 
I could listen to you all day because it, it's almost like almost like a lecture, not a boring one, but a lecture on making a good horror film and, and just really uh, knowing knowing your your craft and your art. And I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. And and I don't know every did I'd be John Carpenter. I would be Eli Roth. I'm I'm not. I don't know everything. But I, I just know that I, I like to make good stuff, and I love the genre, and I like telling stories, and I'm just trying to do the best job that I can. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and us who who uh, appreciate good horror appreciate you and, and your work. But uh, ten questions. Sure. Here we go. Number one, I think you might have already said it, uh, what you thought this is, uh, your, the best horror film ever. Best horror film ever? Uh, I'm going to... It's a toss-up, but I'm going to say John Carpenter's The Thing or The Exorcist. Oh, The Exorcist is the one horror movie, I will say, because horror movies don't bother me too much. The one that still freaks me out. I agree, because they hit on a fundamental level. But yeah, that's my answer, either The Thing or The Exorcist. All right, number two, true or false, in horror, less is more. True. True. I, I think we've... Pretty much, I think it's been a theme in this in this conversation, actually. Yep. Uh, number three, uh, finish this sentence. Uh, I have to ask you, actually, before I ask you this question. Have you ever been to Halloween Horror Nights at, like, in California or Florida? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, in Florida. Uh, yep. Okay. I would improve Halloween Horror Nights by... Oh, um, <laughs> it needs improvement, uh, I think. I, I, I would improve it by making it appeal... To a very fundamental level. How about that? Okay, I will say this: um, Universal Studios brings a lot of a lot of production value and a lot of money into Halloween Horror Nights in their houses. Uh, but it's kind of along the same lines of the new horror movies, the the, the horror porn versus a good horror movie of the ha- of the past. I remember my childhood. Uh, the haunted, like JC's haunted houses, the haunted houses you'd go to that were run oh, by yeah. private companies. There was there's it was. Less production value, but it felt like more. I felt so. A thousand percent. All right. So number four, scarier: Hillary, Trump, or Ed Gein? I'm gonna go with none, and the people that vote for the two. You know, <laughs> they're the scariest people. <laughs> what I would say is, it's not even the, the people themselves, but. What, is, what has allowed us as a nation to come to this point for you to ask such a question? That's scary. In the, uh, I think it's actually not, not a, a, an out-of-the-park question. I think it's actually a reasonable I'm, question. I'm neither, I'm neither Republican or Democrat. Me neither. So. Me neither. It's all a mess. Um, the, yep. the, uh, not to get on a rant and not to, uh, to, to spend too much time on it, but the legal system and the, uh, the party system is not what it was originally intended to be when this country was founded. Correct. Um, number five, what's the last thing you watched? As in? A TV, movie, anything, play, whatever. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I just watched. <laughs> last thing I watched was Into the Storm. Really? Um, I just watched that uh, the other night, and yikes. No, I didn't care for it. Okay. But, <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, number- I love tornadoes, but I do love the film. <laughs> All right, very good. Um, number six, what, would you like to act more or do some acting? No. No, you're happy with what you're doing, right? You, you got your Absolutely. hands full. You got your hands full. Number seven, do you want to get more into comedy? I would love to do a couple comedies. In fact, I'm doing one uh, starting in January called Garlic and Gunpowder for Entertainment Factory. 
um, and I'm really excited about it. It's kind of like a Coen Brothers dark comedy that I uh, wrote the script for, and I'm really excited. Oh, I can't wait to see that. I, I, what's it called again? What's the name? I'll put it on the uh, I'll put it on the post. Yep, it's called It's called Garlic and Gunpowder. Garlic and Gunpowder. We'll be looking out for that. When's that releasing? Uh, I don't know when it'll release, but we start shooting in January, right after the holiday. Okay, along the same lines, I believe I heard you say, I don't know if it's been updated, uh, the release of Death House is like the early, uh, early 2017? Yeah, it'll depend on the distributor, but I'm, I'm thinking if we got lucky the end of the year, but likely the early part of the year. Uh, oh, if we get a 2016, that'd be amazing. Uh, that'd be well, amazing. That would, that would indeed, but we're, we're in post-production right now. Any, any thoughts of holding off to October 2017 just to put it in that time frame? No, I would rather not. Um, usually, I mean, but you know what? It doesn't matter what I think. It'll be what the distributor says. Okay, so they, they have the, the final say on that. Yeah. All right, that was a silly question. Number eight, ketchup or mustard on your hot dog? Uh, neither. Neither, oh. No hot dog? Onion. Onion. I love onions on my hot dog. Onion. Absolutely. Raw, raw onions, right? <laughs> number nine. I, I agree, by the way. Uh, number nine. What is the hope for your future in film? Uh, do you want to become an icon? Do you want to be known as the next Wes Craven? No. No, I, I, don't, think, I don't think there can be another Wes Craven or another John Carpenter because wow. they, they brought their own thing to, to the genre. And, you know, to, it would just be arrogant to say, oh, I want to be the next Carpenter or Spielberg. Um, I just want to make good stuff, whether it's horror or I want to be, I want people to go, oh my God, I saw, like, I love when somebody says, I saw Camp Dread, and I freaking loved it, man. I couldn't believe that ending, or it was fun. How about, how about the first Harrison Smith? What was that? How about the first Harrison Smith? I think that's something to aim for. Yeah, that I would be, uh, that would be, that would be cool, I guess. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll back that up with the fact that, uh, you know, like, I feel... A lot of people don't get the chance to put something out there into the ether, you know, into the cultural ether. And I got lucky. I mean, when I'm dead and gone, my movies will still be somewhere, you know? Yep. And I think that's what's cool. Like, you know, here it is almost 100 years later, and I know who James Whale is, you know? And he's still living on because he made, you know, fantastic movies. And uh, I just think that's really important that you put something out that people will remember and have a good time. Look at how I bonded with my grandmother. I have great memories with my grandmother because really, you know, Lon Chaney Jr. and Vincent Price, all of those things. Yep. Um, I just I just love that. That that helped bond me with my grandmother. That's what art should do. That's awesome. That's all. I like your answers. Um, number 10, I ask this of every guest, uh, what do you think of the host of Come Get Some? I, we, I love the host of Come Get Some because... <laughs> He allowed me to talk like crazy. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show, Harrison. Um, I know you didn't have to, uh, but you're one of those guys that um, you're, you, you are gracious, and you really appreciate uh, the people who appreciate what you do, and that's, um, that's invaluable and not something you see a lot in the entertainment industry, so I really appreciate it. You're welcome, and, and I'd like to end it with, you know, I'm well aware that sometimes the the negativity is really the vocal minority. They just sometimes get the loudest voice. But overall, there are so many people out there that just love the genre, love movies in general, and they, they just like seeing good stuff, and they like changing it up and trying different things. And so I'm well aware of all that, too. It's just um, you become very passionate about what you do, and you hope people are also passionate. That's, 
that's really it. Yeah, I don't know how anybody cannot see that and appreciate that about you, Harrison. I, I'm I'm on your side, and I'm looking forward. I watched your movies. I love them, and I'm really looking forward to the uh, to Death House. It's going to be huge. Thank you. Well, I hope you do like it, and, and if you don't, I'd love to hear why you don't. I'll get. I'll tell you what. I will give you a fair and honest, balanced review. Um, Fine. When that happens, and, and we'll, we'll we'll collaborate on that and see uh, see how that goes. Maybe we'll talk about it on the air. That sounds great to me. All right, Harrison, you take care. I know you got some things to get to, and uh, and uh, best of luck. I I think it's going to be huge. Like I said, I hope to see you at one of these events coming up in the uh, in the Florida area. I'll be at uh, well by the time this airs, I'll be at Monster Palooza in Los Angeles, uh, the 15th through I'm sorry, the 16th through the 18th, I believe. And then um, I'll be in London, Ontario, and coming up for Shockstock at London Comic Con. And then I will be at Scaricon at the end of September. Wow. Real quick, what are your uh, web – you have like a blog, you have a, a website, you have a Twitter. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of stuff uh, that people can contact yes, and I'm see on you on. I'm on Twitter at uh, HarrisonSmith85. Uh, my blog is uh, cinema, and it can be found on horrorfuel.com. And uh, that's really it. Excellent. All right, everybody, check all that out. Check out Death House in 2017. I will be here on Come Get Some to remind you regularly. Uh, so, uh, excellent, okay. Harrison. You take care, and, um, and, and I'll, I'll touch base with you later. All right, sounds good. Thank you. All right, so that was Harrison Smith. It was an awesome conversation. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. He seems to have uh, his facts straight and his information straight, and he knows what he's talking about. I would love, love, love to see a Nightmare on Elm Street remake done by Harrison Smith, starring the original uh, Robert England as the star of the movie. And I don't think Harrison would have it any other way as long as, as Robert England was willing and able. Why the heck not? Why, why change that? Uh, I don't think the other guy did such a bad job, but just it's not Freddy Krueger when I watch that. Uh, anyway, uh, next week. I have a good friend of mine. You, know, you can find him on Twitter under at Retrospect360. He's a GR Internal Hero uh, is his website, internalhero.com. He draws comic book art. He's done some projects that have been pretty fancy. You can look at I'll, I'll be displaying uh, leading up to our interview on Thursday next week. It's a two-parter. He has his own website, internalhero.com, where he can put you or your loved one into a comic book. Uh, for a real affordable price, and it looks really good, and it's really original, and it's, uh, it's cool to be immortalized in, in, in writing and drawings, and, uh, and you have to check that out. There's a whole lot, of, whole lot of great conversation with that. helps that we're friends going in. It was the first time we ever verbally spoke to each other, but uh, a good guy, uh, really deserved the airtime, and I really appreciate him giving me time. Same thing with Harrison Smith. Harrison, thank you so much for being so gracious and being on the show. I can't wait to see Death House. Um, please see Camp Dread if you haven't seen it already. It's a pretty good movie. That's well, my favorite of all of his, although the fields was really solid. And uh, and uh, that's about it for now. Um, go to uh, at Miami Six Man and check out the poll. Uh, uh, should I run for president? Uh, anyway, that about sums it up. You guys have a great week. See you then. I'm getting down to the sum of this. The sum of that. The sum of everything.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.